Hashtag SAFM Sport On. So let's start then with the uh, freshest news of the day. Jeff Kutsia appointed as the country's first ever director of uh, tennis. And he joins us on the line now. Jeff, good evening, sir, from us. Uh, congratulations and thanks for speaking to us again on SAFM. Hi, good evening. Yes, thanks for having me. Uh, how long have the talks been going on for and how do you feel about the appointment, Jeff? <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's been, uh, I think uh, Richard um, uh, contacted me few months ago and said, look, there's a position uh, is going to uh, come up. Uh, would, uh, would you be interested in putting your name down? And uh, I said to him, yeah, it will be tough. And especially after my guys won Wimbledon and then mm. US Open, it was really tough. And then we just kind of chatted again at Davis Cup. If uh, if something comes up, would I be interested? Obviously, that there'd be a procedure panel and uh, candidates and everything. So I said, look, uh, I'll be happy because I want to give back to South Africa. And if I get elected, uh, I'll do my best and uh, try my best to, to give back as much as I can. Great stuff. So how's it going to work then? You've mentioned the, the Colombian guys that you've led to two Grand Slams this year in world number one. Are you still going to be coaching on the circuit? Um, yes, uh, definitely. I'm still on, on, on uh, coaching on the circuit. I think it's actually a good thing in terms of, uh, uh, you know, there's so many networking I can do overseas, mm. uh, so many contacts I can make instead of sitting here and trying to contact a federation from here or something. There I can at Grand Slams, most of the time I see these guys, I want to be connected, and uh, I'll still be with my guys. It just means that I don't get to watch a lot of TV anymore. It just <laughs> means on my downtime I'll be working more and I'll be on email. I'm a Skype away, WhatsApp call away from the TSA office, so... Yeah, it's not something that I have to be on court, which is a good thing. So I think I'll be able to manage it. It's just uh, uh, prioritize things, and I think that'll be good. And on that note of still being on tour, Jeff Kutsia, uh, this is a new role in South Africa, but is it a common role in world tennis, the director? Um, yes, it is, actually is. There's a, there's a few, and I know a few guys, and I've already, even before uh, the appointment, I've sort of reached out to a few guys in case I would get the job, uh, is there any way we can connect? And uh, and I want to see a little bit more. I'm going to see a few guys in Australia. I'm going to see a few guys in America to see where we can connect and uh, where we can collaborate between the, 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 the two federations or a few federations. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's quite common in, uh, in, in, in the rest of the world of tennis. And in a statement that was released by Tennis SA today, you said that there's been a lot of progress within Tennis SA over the past few years. And uh, does it mean that you're confident about the future and the state of tennis in South Africa and South African tennis? Yes, 100%. And all credit, you know, to Richard for... for done such a tremendous job since he stepped in he's found some uh, different sponsorships and, and everything and I think tennis where it was uh, many years ago um, compared to where it's now today uh, and now it's just a matter of as you, as you know it takes time it's just mm. a matter of producing these young stars and that's where uh, you know, with uh, my job I, and sales, I'm going to look out. Uh, first of all, I'm going to be uh, getting involved with the uh, players, the coaches, the parents, put up a nice structure. And, uh, you know, the communication part, everything is key. And so explain to everybody what is my job exactly and uh, my role forward. And then also once uh, they have that, it's now how do we execute that plan? You know, it, it doesn't just come overnight and we all have to believe in this one dream that we're going to have. So overall, what does your role entail? Are you overseeing everything that has to do with South African tennis on, on, on court? Uh, yes, I mean, it's going to be the role is of, uh, obviously from, 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 from under 10 up until uh, to, to where uh, 
Raven Clarsons and Lloyd Harris has given, you know, just been in touch with them and overseen, just to have a plan in, in place, you know, structure, uh, put a plan into place and, and start from scratch, from the youngsters, where do we need to go from there? Our top priority is more high performance base. Uh, where do I go from there? You know, finding the right people, the right players under 10, 12. Uh, the coaches, you know, I want to be able to mentor the coaches. And, and, and also from my side, I want to learn from them also. You know, I, I'm mm. not here that I, I've done this or that, that I, I don't learn anymore. The day I don't learn is the day I need to step away from tennis because I feel like every opportunity I get somewhere, doesn't matter if it's a coach in South Africa or somewhere, I, I, I can learn. And I think the most important thing is we all together uh, and there's so many great minds uh, in South Africa and we just need to stick together and put it all together and then and, you know a lot of wonderful uh, things can happen so you'll also be in basically overlooking the guys that are playing overseas or the young ones that are playing overseas just to monitor their progress also Yes, 100%. And that's the key. We have so many other players, overseas-based players, college-based players. And those are the, the players I'm going to be in touch with, the, the, the girls and the boys, their coaches in college, uh, uh, traveling-wise, under 14. You know, from the start, we're going to have a plan. And then from the start, I want to be in touch with them. And then I want to see, you know, for the next uh, four or five years, if they're still 12, 13, where do they go? What do they do when they're sort of 18? Which colleges can I help with colleges? I want to put all those uh, into play. Uh, the players that are in college right now, most of them will probably be our next Davis Cup and Fed Cup players. So we have to start managing those players. What can we do for them? So those are all the things I'm, I'm going to be looking at. And with the help of TSA and the office, uh, we'll, make, uh, we'll make something happen. You mentioned the parents earlier on. It also came out in the statement. I thought that was very interesting. Why is it? Why is that aspect crucial to you to build a relationship with the with the parents, Jeff Kutsir? You know, it, it's just that the parent is part of it. As, as, as you're dealing with a lot of youngsters, uh, you're dealing with parents uh, and the coaches. Whereas where I, I travel, you know, with the professional athletes, I only deal with the athletes. I don't even deal with the sponsors or anything, but I go directly with the players because I feel I want to have that relationship. And now it's going to be the same for me. If, if we identify players, I need to be able to tell the parents, look, this is the step forward. I want them to realize that when, 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 I, when I speak with the, um, a parent that uh, the kid is 10, 11, 12, it's a long road ahead. It's a whole six, seven years before you uh, almost like graduate. Now you're out of junior. So do you, do you go the college route? Do you go that route? That's what it takes. That's how many hours you need to practice. Uh, diet, this is what needs to happen. And I think you need to get strong. So all those things. So from a parent point of view, from a parent point of view, they need to understand what kind of journey are they going into. Because I, I, feel, I feel like once you start, start educating the parents a little bit better, they'll be able to understand what it really takes to make it in this game of tennis. Mm. And so, um, do you have a timeline? Do they expect you to do this in a certain period of time? How does it work? Yes, I'm. I'm not doing it part time. It's over uh, 15 weeks uh, over the course of the year, over 12 months, and then uh, by October next year we'll have a chat and see if we're all happy, and then we go <laughs> from there. So hopefully, it's something that I, I will enjoy, something that I would like to continue, and uh, it goes both ways. So it, it's fairly new, like we said, it's a new role, so yeah. we're going to give it a try. But I'm going to give my best, you know, whenever I, if I'm home or overseas, I'm going to try and give my best. And then we go from there. There seems to be a lot of positivity and hope, uh, Jeff, especially for the future with many young guns coming through. We've seen Lloyd Harris break into the top 100, the likes of Colomonte, Little uh, Ubey, Klopper. What's led to this? Yes, I mean, that, that comes, obviously, it takes one or two guys, you know, if, you know, look where, where, where Kevin did 
uh, the last few years what Kevin did. So that lifted up tennis again. So it all takes really takes one or two guys to lift up a whole country, and uh, then sponsors will follow. But and ultimately we do need uh, the money sponsors because there's obviously a few projects that I would like to start having at a younger age between 10 and 14. I would like to have a project for them and then uh, have a separate sponsor for them in terms of where do we. We we take these guys from 10 to 14 and be able to 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 be travel and play against different federations. You know, I want to be able to give them sort of that exposure. And when you're 14 to there, I want to be able to say, okay, now your 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 goal is now we have the money to to be able to travel because that's when you start uh, having to understand what it really takes. And and 14 between 14 and 16, trying to get into grand slams and stuff. And uh, you know, with 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 Lloyd being spared, like uh, you know, Kevin uh, now is going to be part of the the HP Cup, which is good. Mm. So all those things, it's positive, you know. And we need somebody like Raven. Hopefully, he can play as long as he can. And need, somebody needs to take Raven's place over. Somebody needs to take uh, uh, Lloyd. Needs to follow Lloyd again, like the Collos, the Philip Hennings, the Berkus Krugers, all those guys that's in college. We need to have a system in play that that's just a, sort of like a chain reaction system. And we don't have that. And that's what I want to try and create so sort of like that we have a 10-year plan so not just one or two but there's a, a few players that come through the system and you mentioned kevin anderson you'll be coaching at that atp cup you're going to be a busy man uh, jeff kutsier uh, what are the expectations of of the, at this atp cup for team south africa next next year well next month uh, yeah, next month. Yeah, I leave the city of December. So I'm looking forward to it. You know, Kevin's been out for six months, and I think it's great uh, in terms of uh, this, this event for him. He's going to have three matches before he starts. Our first match is going to be against Serbia. So his first match will be against Djokovic. So, I mean, that's uh, a welcome back to him, you know, <laughs> the likes of Djokovic's first match. But, you know, we, we, we're probably not the strongest team on paper, but I, I've been uh, part of so many different team competitions that you, you never know. Anything can happen in a day. And I'm just happy that we're part of that and we can compete at such a high high level and, and in such a high stage. I see young Kulumonsi is also part of the team. Is expected to get some game time. Yes, I mean, Kolo is part of the, uh, the team. Uh, it's tough. To, I mean, he's going to be tough uh, to, to get some game time as long as he did. For me, it's mostly the experience. Mm-hmm. That's gonna count, you know. But uh, if if somebody's get injured, for sure we might have to put him in. Or you have a ruin. Uh, hopefully nobody's injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know because uh, I don't think the coach can play because I can't play anymore. <laughs> so that's not gonna happen. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. For me, it's just amazing that you have an 18 year old that is gonna go out there to play. Um, uh, junior Australian Open and to be able to be in a team environment in a competition like the HB Cup. I think that, uh, I mean, that is a dream come true for any 18-year-old. And your thoughts finally on this ATP Cup? I think it's a great competition between the ATP and Tennis Australia. I think, uh, like I said before, uh, it gives you sort of guaranteed three matches, uh, which is good. Uh, potentially more, depending if you're going to play doubles also. But uh, uh, I think it's just going to—it's the first year, and I think uh, Tennis Australia has done a wonderful job uh, with the, with the Hopman Cup. So sort of uh, now it's a, a, a ATP Cup, sort mm-hmm. of similar to a Labor Cup in the competition, and then you can either go play the following week or you go straight to Melbourne and prepare for the Australian Open, worth having three matches in already be- before the first major of the year. Okay, we're just going to take a quick short break, uh, Jeff. We've got a voice note for you, and we'll wrap up after this. For the story behind the action, catch Tabiso Musia weekdays at 7 p.m. Okay, let's just take this voice note that's come through for Jeff Kutsia.
Good evening, uh, SAFM. I'm a parent of a tennis player in the Eastern Cape. Uh, two questions to your panel. What is, uh, when is TSA going to intervene in the Eastern Cape um, tennis environment where there's an application of policies that are in most of our view as parents and as players are very short-sighted one where there's an exclusion of uh, home scholars from the um, schools festivals uh, um, tennis that happen uh, every year from the predominant schools that are uh, mainly um, uh, scheduling festivals against other schools in other provinces there's a new policy in our province that excludes home scholars who have actually decided to take homeschooling um, to pursue more uh, uh, training time uh, into tennis. Now they find themselves excluded in um, school festivals uh, related to tennis. The second. Okay, let's get um, Jeff. Did you hear that? Uh, yes, yes. Is it something that you're aware of? Um, yes, um, it's definitely something that I, I know is, um, it's going to be a tough one, with, uh, and it's, it's, it's something that we're going to get to with the homeschooling system. And uh, in Eastern Cape, we're going to address, the, uh, you know, uh, like I said, this is all new for me. So I'm going to go in there and we're going to start, and I like the idea that, that the, the callers are calling in and to be able to see where we can help in further because we, we, we just don't want to only tackle, say, Johannesburg. I want to I start tackling, you know, all the provinces to see who, who is there, get a system in play and get all the high performance. And then, like, like for example, I came from a small town, Okib with 5,000 people, and I made it on my own in, in a way. So if we can help wherever we can, we'll do so. But uh, I know it's tough for, for people that uh, doing school. Uh, the homeschooling system is obviously something we can definitely look into, which is uh, 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 definitely something that I think uh, most of your uh, abroad players, overseas players are doing at the moment. Mm. The last question is about a 50-50 policy. It says that what's TSA's view in the province's 50-50 policy when there's no development program producing enough players of color? Yeah, that's the thing. We need to start uh, developing. You know, people can come from anywhere. I mean, uh, if you still still have systems into play, once you have the system into play, now you can get somebody from uh, Kailicha, Soweto, all these things, but they need to be a system into play. We need to be able to give all the people, not just in the bigger townships, but giving like uh, develop a smaller centers so they can go to, because most of the problems that we've, that we've had is uh, the role models come from these townships are gangsters and this and we need to find a little bit more role models uh and to be able to for these kids to see you know there is something in the township and then once you and we need to educate the coaches mm-hmm. in that areas so when they have and the coaches can be in touch and say hey tsa we've got a uh, two or three kids here is there anything we can do for them or something so we can find those ways but the system has to be in place first Okay, great stuff, uh, Jeff. We wish you all the best. It's been a, it's been a, it's been well received this appointment, and uh, people, a lot of people believe that you are the right man for the job. All the best going forward.
Yes, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thanks for speaking to us, Jeff Kutsia, Coach Jeff Kutsia, of course, uh, who is uh, also the coach of the number ones in the doubles. Uh, the Colombians who won the U.S. Open, and they also won um, Wimbledon, of course, uh, this year in 2019. So he was just speaking to us about his new role as the director of tennis. It seems like that's where sport is going now. Director of cricket, director of tennis, director of rugby. Rasia Rasmus is there. By the way, that's another conversation we need to have going forward. Who's going to be the next coach? Because Rasia said that he's not going to coach after the winning the World Cup. He's going back to his role as the director of uh, rugby. And I think that story has just flown under the radar for now. Uh, but let's talk cricket, though, because this story just refuses to disappear. What is happening at Cricket SA? We're still uh, set to speak to a former board member, uh, Jack Madiseng, who uh, resigned. He wrote a sensational letter and he's just sent us a message to say that please do mention that I'm on air in a meeting with the minister. The, minister, the meeting has taken longer than anticipated and the meeting is about finding workable solutions across all stakeholders. So hopefully they do finish before 8pm. But let's get the thoughts of Buta Tipenar. We spoke to him a few weeks ago and he was saying that there are serious problems at Cricket South Africa and something needs to be done. And he joins us back on the line now. Buta, good evening and thanks again for finding time to speak to us. No, it's a pleasure. It's nice to be back. And uh, hopefully the next time we speak, it will be about more positive news. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot's happened since we last spoke, but I mentioned you said on the show that things were going downhill, especially in the office there with the men in suits. I guess you're not surprised then by the re- recent developments. No, I'm not surprised. Eh? I mean, the, it, it obviously culminated and, uh, and accelerated to the point of what we saw last week. But this has been brewing a long time. And uh, the, the one positive that one can say is I hope, I really hope with all the pressure from the, the cricketing-loving public, the sponsors, the players, that Cricket South Africa will now be able to do the right thing and, uh, and be completely transparent so that we can start anew, build afresh, and gain the public interest and trust again. We saw momentum today. One of the sponsors also setting out a statement with six conditions, including asking for the president and vice president to step down if they are to renew their contract next year. Is that a sign of how bad things have come that have gone, that even the sponsors have now gotten involved? It is a sign of how bad things have, uh, have become at Cricket South Africa. It's also a sign of how out of touch the administrators are with the responsibilities, how out of touch the board is with the obligation uh, and the association with sponsors. You know, the one thing, though, that sponsors, uh, although sponsors give money, Mm. is very much a two-way street. And uh, these people generally spend their entire lifetimes in these companies over years and years in time, building a specific brand in which they want to capture people's imagination and want people to be associated with that brand. And when things happen that has happened at Cricket to Africa, not just the last two weeks, but the last probably year, two years, it, it actually diminishes that brand. And they just cannot afford to either stand by and allow that to happen, or they will just just detach from the association and look for greener pastures. Now, Graham Smith has been appointed as the director of cricket. Is it a, a, a good appointment for you, albeit on a temporary basis? 
It's a good appointment. It's, uh, it will be interesting to see if it is uh, the position that he'll keep for some period of time so that he can actually influence things. I, I suspect that uh, the, it's a bit worrisome for me that he only committed for three months uh, because it leaves a back door there should he feel that uh, in the three months that he won't be able to make headway. It's an easy way out. And, uh, and, and, and I don't like that that much. I think that's why it is important for me that Cricket South Africa is transparent now. If things were really bad and people really messed up, say it, deal with it, get the right people involved, get the system working towards a common goal and win back the trust of the public. Hmm. And, and why do you think he did not take the job on a permanent basis? It will be speculation. I believe that he said that he does have contractual obligations as a commentator in India with the IPL. Um, That could be true. But I also do think maybe it's a bit of a probation period to say that I want to see if Cricket Africa is really that serious Mm. uh, for turning things around. And uh, maybe that was... Maybe it was a sense of genius from his side to say that... uh, that I, I leave myself a back door to, to exit from it. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, if he walks away after three months, he could say, but I only did commit for three months and I've got other obligations. Um, so, but we need to see, whether it's Graham Smith or, or Jock Callis or, or Gary Kirsten or Alan Donald, um, it, it doesn't really matter as specifically who it is. I think we need to somehow somehow in our cricketing structures find a way to get the expertise that other countries utilize. We need to utilize for our benefit, not for the other country's benefit. And we see too much that uh, ex-players, although I would be the first to say that an ex-player is not necessarily the best coach, mm. but they do speak of uh, from a point of view of authority. I do believe, though, that we we have an abnormal system in our country where ex-players are reluctant to be involved and are re- reluctant to further the game in South Africa and see it as better opportunities outside the country. Well, Graham Smith hasn't spoken yet. He says he will, I believe, that he'll hold a press conference on Saturday, I think, when he will address uh, the media. But what do you expect him to bring to this role, Puta? Authority, uh, credibility and straight shooting. Um, Graham has never been one to, 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 to mince around with what is needed to be done. Uh, the fact that he's played 100-plus test matches for South Africa, he's been the youngest captain, he captained South Africa for 70-odd test matches, if I'm not mistaken. It doesn't matter whether you like him or don't like him. The fact that he has... He has experienced every single thing that you could experience for the international cricket. He has experienced, and he has been exceptional in leading from the front. And I expect much of the same in his current role. And I suspect also that there might be some resistance from the establishment because uh, the type of person that he is, you will ruffle some feathers. Okay, let's go to a voice note that's come through on 061-4104-107. If you've just joined us, we are speaking to Puta Tipen, just getting his thoughts and his views on the recent developments at Cricket SA. 
Good evening, guys. There, um, you're speaking to Malinia in Port Elizabeth. Um, can you please ask uh, Buta there? Um, does he think um, that um, uh, Jacques Faure, um is the right man to lead Cricket South Africa? And the second question, um, does he think that Mark Boucher is the correct person to be the new head coach? Thank you very much. Okay, great. Let's start with Jacques Fall. Any views on that? He's been in this position before, of course, and he was leading uh, the Northern Zara Cricket Union on that side. He's the best cricket administrator we have by a long way, and I probably would put him in the ranks of Ali Bacha of late. He's been exceptional wherever he's been. Uh, he started off at Northwest. Mm. Uh, he's got serious credibility, and, he, and he's, he's firm in, in what he believes in, but he also manages to understand the trust aspect between players, administrators, and the paying and the loving uh, cricket-loving uh, fraternity. So in my view, his track record speaks for itself. He is by far the best administrator we have. Do you think he could have been the one to make uh, Graham Smith reconsider the position because he had uh, tweeted that he was withdrawing a couple of weeks ago? He speaks from credibility, does Jock. And, uh, you know, you don't have to speak a lot. One's actions over a period of time speaks the loudest. And for that, um, for that matter, Jock Fall can really uh, command authority. He's been exceptional. And I think if Cricket Africa was clever a couple of years ago, I think in 2011, I would have kept him as, as the CEO. Um, but uh, for various reasons that we're not privy to, uh, he, he actually moved on and moved on to the Titans. Mm. The other question was about Mark Boucher. There have been reports that uh, Graham Smith would prefer him as a possible coach for the Proteas. There are other reports that has already been offered the job. Would that be the right move? It's a difficult thing to say. Um, I, I, I think, again, Mark gives a lot of credibility. Um, but whether it is Mark Boucher or who else, whoever else, again, it just shows the cumbersome way in which Cricket to Africa goes about because a guy like Enoch Inque must feel like he's been thrown under the bus. I mean, the poor guy, in my opinion, should not have been there in the first place because he, he just had so much still to learn as a coach. But now he's in the position and now there's talks of somebody else already taking over. And uh, it must be a, a terrible feeling for him, and, and, and I really feel for him that he's actually been left here in the middle with all this nonsense going around, with incredible uncertainty. And, and now, in the same sense, with all this uncertainty behind the scenes, how do you actually manage to get a team to feel certain about what they need to go and achieve in two weeks' time? Huh. We've heard that Enoch has been offered the assistant role position. What would be the best move for him, Putatipinar? Does he stay in the system or does he go back to first-class cricket to continue his coaching development? He's 35 years old. Um, he's still very young. The ideal would have been for him to spend a good three, four years at the Lions. But the jump has been made in terms of last year. And I think the horse is bolted. It's very difficult for him to go back. I would think that if he if he is uh, comfortable in fitting into the assistant role, um, it might be something to pursue and, and look at. But again, I'm going to throw a bit of a spanner in the works to say that 
ideally a coach that is appointed in that position would like to uh, have the opportunity to appoint his, his, uh, his, his, his uh, assistant coach and various specialists. It's a, it's a critical part. You need to trust the system. And by appointing the right person, uh, you need to put that person in a in, in a position where the buck stops with them and they take the responsibility. Um, and, and that's the important part of a, of a well-functioning winning team. Back to Mark Boucher. Previously, his qualifications have been questioned. As a former player yourself, how important are qualifications in this position of being a coach? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's quite controversial, to be honest with you. Just a, a bit of background, you get four levels of coaching, level one, two, three, and four. Mm. And, uh, and and Cricket to Africa has got some prescribed qualifications where they expect you to at least hold a level three coaching certificate if you were to uh, coach a franchise team, if I'm not mistaken, yes. and at least a level four coaching certificate national team. If, you, uh, if you want to coach the national team. Now, the, the one thing that I do can say, though, that there are many, many level four coaching uh, coaches that still have to learn what Mark Boucher have forgotten about cricket, and that's no disrespect towards them. But it's about understanding the pressures of international cricket, understanding that different people um, function in different manners, and it's a, it's a matter of understanding the authority that you have, but commanding it instead of demanding it. Now, I always say that a wonderful example for me of somebody un- understanding it was somebody like Gary Kirsten. And I'll, I'll take a step back to say that in my cricketing career, I've experienced many coaches that have hardly played any cricket or very little cricket trying to tell me how I should bat. And I always found it incredibly difficult to, to take them seriously, those that have uh, suggested uh, or told me this is the manner in which you should go about playing because from what point of view, from what experience are you saying this? Now, just to give you some uh, uh, other extreme, Gary Kirsten, when he got to India, the first thing he did or one of the first things he did, he went up to Sachin Tendulkar and he said to him, what do you need from me so that I can get the best out of you? That is Sachin Tendulkar. Now, bear in mind, Gary Kirsten played 100-plus test matches for South Africa. He is a legend of the game, going to one of the modern-day greats, not trying to tell him how to bat, but trying to tell him to say to you, what do you need from me so that I can get the best out of you? And the interesting answer was that Tendulkar replied with was to say, I just need you to be my friend. Oh. And that's all it takes. <laughs> Please hold that thought, Buddha. I want to take a quick break. We'll come back uh, with more. Hashtag SAFM Sport On. Still talking to Buddha Deepanar. He was just telling us how Sachin Tendulkar just wanted Gary Kirsten to be a friend more than anything, more than having a level four coaching certificate. And the rest is history because they won the World Cup. They did. They did. And, uh, and and these are the type of things that you, the intricacies, uh-huh. the, uh, the, uh, the detail that you can only understand if you've played at that level. We've got a few voice notes that have come through here. Uh, let's go to them on 061-4104-107.
very good evening to you and the listeners. Compliments of the season to you all and a Merry Christmas if I don't get the opportunity to wish you again. SAFA should take heed and learn from Cricket South Africa. Put the ex-professionals where they belong and you see what a change cricket will be. I hope the same happens in SAFA. Put the ex-professional footballers and you will see the change in the game. Thank you. Bye. Uh, good evening, Tamiso. Uh, good evening to Buddha. Uh, it's Libra here in East London. Uh, my first question to Buddha, what can you tell us about Dave Richardson uh, as a player? Uh, I don't know if he has played with Dave. And uh, secondly, what you know experience will he bring as an administrator to Cricket South Africa? And uh, the second question, um, what can he, I don't know, advise or give to Aidan Makram? Because I believe that he will be our new captain when Faf Dublesi retires. Um, what can he advice can he give to him? I don't know, man. He he's a uh, I mean Buddha. He knows well. He has played the game. Uh, because I'm bit uh, very very frustrated with Aidan Makram. I think uh, uh, he should be performing way better than he is currently performing. And I think for me is he is our future captain. So those are the two questions that I can pose to Buddha. Thank you very much. Okay, thanks for that, Libra. I can answer that about Dave Richardson because I watched him for years at St. George's Park in that EP team. But um, Buta, he was also, well, he's been roped in. I saw him. He was part of the press conference. They did ask him to be an advisor. I mean, this is a man that was CEO of the ICC. He's, uh, he's come with a massive pedigree. Obviously played the game at the highest level. Yeah. As we uh, got back into international cricket, he was our number one wicketkeeper. David Richardson. So uh, he was involved just after cricket with some player commercial rights negotiations. It was sort of the forebearer of SACA as we uh, know that the South African Cricketers Association now. And then he moved into a director's position at the International Cricket Council where he served for probably the better part of 15 years, ending as CEO of the International Cricket Council. So he's got massive experience. And I think the type of experience that is much needed now. And uh, I think he'll bring a lot to the party. With regards to Aidan Markram, well, (laughs) he is a wonderful player. And I share the listeners' frustration sometimes with him because we all feel that there should be actually so much more to Aidan Markram than what we've seen of late. I think Aidan Markram needs somebody like a Gary Kirsten doesn't necessarily have to be a Gary Kirsten, but it needs somebody, a mentor, a father, somebody that's been through the mill to, uh, to, to take him under his wing and, uh, and just walk through this path with him. International cricket is very tough, very tough as a batsman. The pressures are incredibly high, and the demands, particularly from us as the public, is, mm. is enormous. And uh, I, I suspect that you'll see a lot more and a lot better performances from Aidan Markram. He's still very young, so I'm not mistaken, he's 23 or 24. And if we look over the history of the game, the greatest batsmen normally reach only their maturity roughly at age 28. So I think he's one of those gems that's well worth investing in, but he needs the right guidance. Is he a future captain of this team? I mean, they've made him captain previously. He is a future captain. I definitely think so. But I do think so where the difference is between captaincy from somebody from Aiden's point of view as opposed to Graham Smith's point of view is that Graham Smith, a lot earlier in his career, managed to secure his spot and be seen as a major force as a batsman. And I think up until Aiden doesn't uh, sort of really cement that spot for himself 
and can play with authority, I would not give him the burden of the captaincy uh, as things stand now. Okay, let's take the last voice note. I think it's quite clear that Enoch Ngwe has no respect from the likes of Buta. Uh, he gets no respect from the likes of uh, Abu Graham Smith. To understand, he's just getting to see the rehearsing of the old boys club. Because if you go and look at what it entails to be a DOC, you understand, and the guy decides to take three months, and everyone must accept because it's the great Graham Smith that has uh, decided to become the, the, the DOC, and everyone must just clap their hands and say it's okay when the job actually entails a lot more than what people seem to think it is. Okay, thanks for that, Kumani in Mosul Bay. Buta, he says there's no respect for Enokunkwe, and this is a, a reunion of the old boys club. Well, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Uh, there's, there's no doubt about that. But respect is earned, and how is respect earned? By what you've done, what is behind you, how many games you've played. It doesn't matter uh, what you want to say. Enoch can be the nicest person that there that he is. But this is not about being a nice person. This is about cricket. What credentials do you have? I'm a helicopter pilot. If I want to learn more, I've got about 4,000 hours total time. I don't go to somebody that has flown 1,000 hours. And my mentor happens to have flown 14,000 hours. And if I want to learn something, I need to go to somebody that has experienced more than what I have experienced. Now, it might sound a bit blunt, and it's not 100% accurate, but that's the gist of it. I'm not saying Inkwe cannot develop into a cricket uh, a coach that uh, will have the respect. Of course he can do that. I feel sorry for him that he's been put in this unfortunate position that he's experienced. But I don't think it's a question of not having respect. The respect has to be earned. Okay, great stuff. Buddha, we're going to have to leave it there. Thanks again for always finding time to speak to us here on SAFM. We appreciate your insights. Sure, anytime. It's a pleasure. Great stuff. That is Buta Dipenar there uh, talking to us. And as I always say, the man that played the most important knock in that 438 game. He even says so himself because he went out for one, which meant that Heschel Gibbs could come in and smash 175 there. Otherwise, if Buta was there, oh, it would have been a long day in the office. Uh, but we're going to have to leave it there with Buta. But we're going to speak to another man here, uh, veteran broadcaster, Mr. Dumile Mateza. He's not shy to give his views and he's been tweeting a lot. So we just want to understand some of his tweets regarding what's happening in South African cricket, especially uh, with the Graham Smith and the director of cricket role, as well as the board. Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. And let's get the thoughts then of uh, the legendary broadcaster, Mr. Dumile Mateza, who's, uh, t- who, t- who tweets a lot if you follow him. Uh, he always expresses his views on Twitter. Mr. Uh, Mateza, good evening, sir, and thank you very much for speaking to us again on SAFM. Good evening, Mr. Musiya. Nice talking to you, SAFM. Your thoughts on, firstly, what's happened over the last few weeks in South African cricket, especially the administration side of it? Well, it's, 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 it's been very clear that Cricket South Africa never implemented, probably only by, never implemented the Nicholson Commission report. They didn't implement 
Nicholson could, because the Nicholson Commission's report was about governance. Mm. And if they understand what governance means, they never implemented that, because I understand from very good sources that uh, Tabangmure was in the pocket of Ray Mali, who was in the pocket of Gerald uh, Majola. Gerald was still getting the contract for providing the kit for Mzansi, for this Mzansi nonsense they are playing. And it, it is clear that Moro was in the pocket, was part of that group. There was never any uh, implementation of the Nicholson Commission. Mm. Secondly, I'm actually surprised that you give so much time to somebody who talked a lot of diatribe here in Buddha Debenar. Buddha Debenar, what he knows about coaching cricket, knows absolutely bagger all. Do you want to tell me, as, and it's, it, is, it is true, I want to agree with those people who are saying it's again the old club, and this is where the difference was. Despite the fact that I was not very happy with Tabal Moura, I think this is where they, they, they differed with Graham Smith, that Graham Smith won this three months and then goes and does commentary on the IPL and comes back and gets his position back again. It can't work like that. We cannot have people who pick and choose. We can't, I've never actually respected Graham Smith. Graham Smith was a person who actually stopped all those matches that were being played by touring teams in the townships. Graham Smith refused to play in those matches. And today we are all singing Graham Smith's uh, anthem. We want Graham Smith as a nice person. Graham Smith is a person who actually stopped those matches because he refused to play in those matches. And those matches were doing a great deal into, into putting together, bringing black people who were disadvantaged people, who were not there, who could not play in good fields, could not play in, uh, against good, good opposition, and Gramsmith stopped all of that because he refused to play those matches. Grandsmith has not had a very good word, has not said a very, had not had a very good word for transformation in this country. Again, he comes in, he's going to spend his three months. He says, he sees that the coach for the protest must be Mark Bachelor. Where are the princes of this world? Where are the other people who played cricket at that level? Mm. Where are they? Why is it, uh, 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 why is it going to be a, a Mark, Bachelor, Mark Boucher who must be the coach of the Proteas. So you agree yeah, with those who say that they want to return cricket to the old hands? Exactly. Which means white hands. Cricket South Africa has regressed. You can see by the fact that uh, Jacques Fowle did not once say, no, let me think about it. He is employed, for goodness sake, by another province. He doesn't, he says, no, I'm coming. Then he's going to be assisted by whom? Dave Richardson. My goodness, where is this transformation we are talking about? So would you where say... Where is this transformation we are talking about? Would you say there was an orchestrated move to get Tabang out or, or and is being made the scapegoat here? I, do, I don't think so. I think Tabang, I agree with many people. Tabang was out of his depth. You know, if you... If you take on a position and you don't go back and say, I want to be my own man. Let me go and see what was being done. Let me try and present one of the biggest things that people do when they take on positions 
You are given a grace of about three months. After three months, you must produce a strategy. What is your strategy? If you don't have a strategy, you don't have something to fall back on. And you could see that Cricket South Africa did not have something to fall back on. They should not have launched Ivanti Cricket because they don't have a sponsor for this thing. It is they don't have the money. And the next thing they talk about exp- expanding the, the franchises. And you ask yourself, but if you say you don't have money, how do you expand the franchises when you don't have money? And this is where the problem comes in. And this is where I think Cricket South Africa has regressed. Mm. And Cricket South Africa is going to continue to regress because we are no more having that good schools cricket thing, which we used to call the Nuffield Week. We no more have what we used to be calling the under-13 perm week. We don't have the, I haven't heard anything about the under-15 uh, PG Bison cricket, which of which I, 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 I started with, with Alibah. We don't have that anymore. Hmm. Cricket has regressed. You don't see a simple thing to create and nurture uh, umpires. You don't see black umpires. Do you see them? You don't see them. You don't see them. A simple thing, umpires. A simple thing, uh, referees. A simple thing, referees. Nature referees. There are players. There's Makayantini. There's all sorts of players. There's that youngster who used to play for the Eastern Cape as a wicketkeeper. A country whose name is Chase Smith. There are many players in the Western Cape who played cricket. I don't see them. We now have people, an all-white team, that is going to be coaching South Africa, that is going to be director of cricket, that is going to be, uh, uh, I don't know what else, uh, and all of that, and Gwe uh, um, is not good enough. I agree Gwe has not played at international level, but there are many coaches who have not played at international level who became good coaches. With the support of the very Grand Smith and all the other people and the diatribe that this uh, guy from the Free State was talking about, uh, Buta Tepana, mm. uh, they, Nkwe needs to be assisted. He can be assisted and Nkwe could become a very good coach. Who knows? But no, we need Mark Baucha to be the cricket, to be the coach. Regardless of his qualifications. Excuse me? I'm saying regardless of his qualifications. Exactly. Regardless of his qualifications, he's been doing very badly with uh, the Titans this year, this season. He's not doing very well with the Titans. No, we want Mark Bauer. Already it's been, it's like you are the son of so-and-so, so you must play hey, what we used to see in the old days. Cricket, unfortunately, has regressed. I will tell you, since we had a, a, a black CEO at Houghton Cricket, we don't have him anymore. We have a white guy. As a, as a, as a, as a, how many black were there in the franchises? None. We don't have it. How many? Mm. We don't have it. Because we don't have it. Similarly, with our commentary teams, we don't have black commentators. We don't have them. Umpile is there. Yes, Umpile, come Umpile. Because they want to have a doggy who's going to say, I'm the first black. We can't have those things in this day and age. We can't have the kind of things Graham Smith is talking about in this day and age. I was, I bet you, this is where Graham Smith and Tabang Murray 
disagreed on is this thing that he wants to go to the IPL and be accommodator and come back and get his job again. We can't work like that. What we've also heard is that they also disagreed on the name of Mark Boucher uh, being the preferred uh, coaching choice of Graham Smith. That's what we've heard so far. It's not been officially confirmed. Mr. Mateza, uh, we're going to have to leave it there because it is 8 o'clock. It is time for news, but you've got a lot to say. Please follow him on Twitter or we're going to bring him back on just to get his uh, entire views on this matter that uh, is a South African cricket. But we really have to leave it there. Uh, the game is finished in Sugar Kulu. The last time I checked, it was 1-0. Bidvest Vets, they've beaten Golden Arrows there. It is time for news.